Omis, welcome to an episode of Agora Offsiders. I'm here today with Wagmi and Sibilino. As always, how are you going, guys? Good to be back. Aloha. Good to be here. <laughs> so a bit, bit of a down market, Omis, but here we are. Glad to be back. We're going to be talking today mostly about cooler loans. So cooler loans, what are they? Well, back in January, Zeus came forward. He'd made these non-liquidatable loans, a protocol that he'd built, which he called Cooler. You put your ohm in, and then you're able to borrow uh, a stable asset. So die is the proposed asset at a fixed rate for the term of the loan. And at the end of the loan, you either pay back your collateral or the the lender will take your uh, asset. So they would take your ohm if you didn't pay back uh, your loan with the, the interest rate. Um, so that was proposed by Zeus. He said, let's chuck 15 mil die into this facility. Let's get it rolling at 5%. And then the Dow and a couple of other people were like, oh, it's too much. You know, it's all at once. Let's just slow down. So then that was kind of kicked kick to the side we have miso and vendor came in and we had like test deposits into them and then uh after a while uh a new uh person who's not zeus obviously because they have a different name nick nick rocked up and uh nick had finished the audits on the cooler protocol but nick came in with a new idea and nick's new idea was hey if the if the OMI wants to accessing their back access their backing behind their ohm, then they should be able to do that, and they should be able to do it, you know, at a high loan to value, so as close as to the true backing of the ohm that they have, uh, and at a low interest rate. So what that meant was, and that was about two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. Um, Nick came along and said, let's let's do this. So there was a bit of discussion. People were like, oh, it's a big change. You know, what are we going to do? Uh, so there was then the Dow went back and forth a bit. And then they decided, well, the best way to do it would be to have a sort of a vote, a snapshot vote on kind of all the different parameters and all the different options and see which ones were the most popular. So that happened last week, um, and then we uh, three days ago we got the result of the snapshot, and then the Dow previously had said we'll, we'll do that first, and then we'll go and we'll have a ratification vote. So we'll get all those parameters together, and we'll have another vote up or down, um, and if it's you know thumbs up, then we'll proceed, and if it's thumbs down, then we won't. So the 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 kind of the different. Um, options were uh, in relation to the loan tenor so how long before you can roll your loan or and in this case it's when the interest falls due as well well actually I think that's not quite correct because I think you can roll with your interest as long as you have enough collateral indefinitely um, but we'll leave that to one side so it's this loan tenor which is sort of how long the loan is, and the options were like three months, six months, nine months, 12 months. So the 12-month tenor came in first with 704k ohms. So this has been the most voted on proposal in a long time. Uh, and then next up, we had the 
interest rate and the interest rate, the two main ones, and it was ended up being like 55, like 43 or something, were between 3.3%, um, which is what the Dow recommended, and 0.5%, which is sort of what Nick came in and was recommending, and a couple of other people, including myself, thought 0.5% was kind of the better path. Uh, and we'll discuss more on this podcast, what everyone's opinions about that is. Uh, and then we had the uh, loan-to-value ratio. So the one that won in the end was 2,850. I think there actually is uh, over 3,000 die per own backing. But the big concern with this is if we have this volatile backing that's behind each ohm and say our ETH goes down in price, then people are going to be unlikely to pay back their loans if their ohm isn't backed by sort of the value of the loan that they've taken out. So uh, 2850 was seen as kind of a safer bet and that was very close as well, that vote. So I think it, even closer than the, um, than the rate and this one was 51% in favor f- at 782k ohm. And then the last was the capacity, um, and the capacity was uh, 15 mil, 33 mil, 69 mil, I think actually 69 mil was the highest, and then there was sort of, um, you know, let's not do it, Um, but 69 mil came in like easily the first uh, at 831k ohm or 64% of the vote. I think 64k, I think 69 a million die is uh, correct, um, but you know there'd always be the opportunity to increase that or decrease that depending on whether or not there is appetite for that. Um, so we'll get into the reasons why this is you know interesting, um, but at the moment where we're at is there's a lot of people having their say on um, what what the what the sort of up or down on this uh, vote should be. It looks like most people are against um, this particular set of configurations um, and people think we can do better. Um, So you'll hear from us what we think in this podcast. Um, But I can see, yeah, there's a couple of people with different opinions um, and keen to keen to see a few more as they roll in through the week this is going this isn't going to be resolved this week but you know interesting to catch up if you haven't been um so let's get into it so what wag me what are where where are you up to what are your what are you thinking on the whole situation well i'm pleased to see um the proposal re-enlivened i thought um i was quite excited about it earlier in the year when the initial um, post was put up by Zeus and part of the reason for that is is that I, I don't see this so much as a um, as a loan product that we're bringing in-house and uh, capturing the economics of I see this more as quite an important native feature of the protocol which is very unique to the design of ohm in the sense that we have this um, this backing which um, supports each ohm that is on issue and sits in our treasury, and we seek to be um, uh, we seek to manage that treasury in a very low risk way. So it's not a ohm in my mind is not a um, an on chain hedge fund. 
it is a, a currency that we're building and um, important to that is that the, the backing is preserved. So I, I see this as an important native feature and I think it is something that um, provides immense utility to, um, to OM holders and also supplements the tools that are available to the protocol in order to provide, um, I guess, certainty around the, um, around the backing level of OM. And how does it do that? Well, if OM um, in a market sense trades below where this backing level is, then um, users will be able to essentially deposit their OM and withdraw the backing that supports their OM. Um, and by doing so, that should then um, drive up the market price back above that, um, that specified backing level. So coming at it from that perspective, um, I, and, and not so much viewing it as a loan, but rather a, uh, a native feature of the, the protocol, um, I look at it and I, I have a different perspective from some others on what the attendant terms should be. So to me, it's important that the, um, the cost of the, um, the loan is, is nominal. Um, I, I don't think it's about extracting um, interest um, income from um, users of the facility. And I think that it's important that um, as Nick Nombra uh, expressed in his initial proposal, that this is a, uh, a non-liquidatable loan that is able to be rolled on the terms on which it was taken out. So the, the, the sort of tenor point around whether it's, um, you know, three months, 12 months um, or, or whatever, should not matter from a substance perspective because the user of that loan, whoever's taken down that loan, will be able to roll it on the same terms at maturity. So where it becomes sort of pr practically um, relevant is, um, if you have a trigger at three months, then basically um, you've got a little bit more administrative burden on the user, i.e. they need to elect to roll their loan. Um, but then the protocol, I guess, also then gets a, um, a sort of point in time where it can determine what the circulating supply of OM actually is, because if people um, sort of don't roll their loan and don't repay, then there's effectively been OM that has been permanently removed from circulation. So I think there's there's sort of pros and cons there from the, um, the you know the user administrative burden versus the um, um, protocols perspective. Mm. Um, so maybe we'll dig in more on a couple of those things but first let's let's get up front what's your where's where's your vote sort of sitting at the moment what are you what are the parameters you want and then we'll bring in Stablino. yeah so the the parameters that um that i think make sense from a capacity perspective um i agree with the community that i don't think a uh, a sort of full capacity um facility makes sense because it would cause a, a significant deviation in how the um, the treasury has been managed and the the projects that we're pursuing, which I see um, significant value in. So my um, my preference would be to strike the facility value at thirty three million dollars, and then be guided by the the demand and interest that there is there. With um, you know, if there is interest up to the thirty three million dollars, then 
um, I'd be open-minded to expanding it to, um, you know, 50 or 69, whatever the, whatever the chosen number is. But I don't think that we necessarily um, want to go for too high capacity initially because otherwise we end up um, sort of restructuring the, the treasury and, um, and reserving funds for this facility and it might not be the most um, productive use. So that's where I sit on um, capacity on tenor. I think it should be 12 months. I don't think we should um, implement an arbitrary administrative burden on users. Um, interest rate, I think, should be nominal. Um, so of the, the options that has been discussed, I would be proposing that we go with Nick Nombra's 0.5%. Um, and then the the LTV, so i.e. how much you can borrow per one geome of um, of deposited collateral. I am somewhat neutral on this as between twenty eight fifty and and three thousand um, dollars. I I would probably um, vote twenty eight fifty um, myself, but I, I wouldn't be too concerned um, if the ultimate um, backing available for drawdown was $3,000. Um, I think I can see sort of benefits of going down that pathway as well. So that's where I sit on the, on, on those metrics. Um, <clears throat> I do, I would observe though, that there's, there, there's an interesting sort of issue with how the, the voting on something like this works, because as it stands today, the, the, the OMIs that are using their OM as collateral, so i.e. they're out there um, at Fraxland or Vendor or Silo, um, they are not able to vote on this. So basically you've got a, a, um, a sort of proportion of OMIs who, um, who, who would clearly see value in a facility like this that aren't able to vote. And I think that that's something separate that we need to consider going forward is why we would um, we we would not allow home collateral that is deposited in those types of um, facilities be available for voting. So you're against the home being available for voting. No, I'm I'm oh, suggesting that yeah. yes, I'm suggesting that <laughs> I was that, like, that's that should a bit be of captured. A <laughs> yeah. No, I think right. that should be captured in the vote because at the moment you've got some very um, uh, active contributors who, um, who who basically can't vote on this in uh, in alignment with their He's interests. Talking about himself here, guys. Uh, <laughs> but I others think there's too. a number. There's others too. Yeah, sure. Um, I agree with that, um, but I don't know if they're able to manage that before the next vote goes up. Uh, Stablino, let's let's bring you in here. You've been you've been tending the fields in. Uh, your undisclosed location, meditating on the future of Ohm. What are, what are your thoughts? Well, I tell you, I am just trying to ride out the Barra, right? And and from the top <laughs> down, I have to remind everyone that I'm speaking from a, again, like you said, a farming, mushroom-eating, uh, smooth-brained Barra, right? And so I, I think you all can interpret that as you want. But when it comes to intelligence of interpreting these advanced things like call options and whatnot, if we haven't already lost you or you're sitting there spinning your brain, you're not alone, right? It definitely has taken 
the remaining synapses I have to really have a co cohesive understanding around all of this, right? As a as a simplified uh, user of DeFi, right? And so um, I will say I'm regards to how we've come across and how the process has gone in a time where there is a lot of confusion and a lot of distrust in big institutions. It is excellent that uh, we're here and we're making progress with Ohm. Um, at the same time, you know, I'm not surprised that we, it's a little, little murky uh, coming through, um, reaching what is the optimal combinations of these different aspects of the cooler facility, right? So I just call out to all my Omis to uh, remember uh, to act with loving kindness towards each other, especially in the depths of the bear as we're still struggling to, to build things, right? Um, I will call out mm -hmm. and Amen, say, brother. yeah, no, of course, of course, friends. Um, tap 27, if you're, where is the discussion going on right now so that you can see insight from some of these known wrinkled brains? Uh, I would encourage everyone to go to tap 27, cooler loan configuration vote on the forums. Uh, while these lovely gentlemen uh, were probably taking a nap or sleeping, uh, Unbanksy has posted up on that five hours ago, his uh, interpretation right um, of what an ideal combination may be right and uh and i think that's where that's where we don't necessarily have the cohesion from the four votes there seem to be a pretty majority interest in the 69 million dollar capacity um i'm with you wagney uh you know i'm a slow farmer let's let's start with 33 let's see if there's really demand right and then uh in one of the other votes they were talking about implementation time frame i'm a fan of the slow and go and grow, you know, smartly. Um, so, you know, I I think ramping up to 33 is something that could happen um, over three to six months, right? Not something that happens all in one go. Personally. Interestingly, I got quite a different view on that. I, I think the the 33 should be implemented immediately, and I don't I don't understand the um, the rationale for this this sort of um, ramp up profile. <laughs> That's, that's I mean, this is the thing. We cannot get rugged on this. Like, this this is the lowest risk um, feature of the protocol because we take in a liability of the protocol, which is own. So we we basically are already covered as soon as the protocol takes back in that ohm and gives out the die, which is actually being given out at below the total backing per um, per ohm. So, i.e., when that when the protocol issues under cooler, it is making a profit, um, and you know, subject to our volatile assets not going down in the future, we we're basically we're basically putting out a huge inverse bond, essentially. I think he's talking so, about smart yeah, contract. We're, we're right. just talking more about smart contract risk, and I, yeah, as well. a non-coder person, right? Um, there may be very good reasons why, because of our unique position as Ohm and that uh, and of course it coming from Nicambre, that there this might be lower risk than others right but historically and again smooth brain like it's treated me well i've avoided getting rugged in a number of these loan facilities i've euler right it, it probably has listed granted euler we lucked out with the good old temple get everybody getting their money back that was a surprise right uh, but past ones right so it's just this correlation in the back of my my gut brain, not my not my mind, not my my smooth wrinkles, but my gut that let's 
I'd feel better tiptoeing. It's totally an emotional type decision, not from a, a logical, really well-informed place, right? So that's just where I'm coming from. Um, but good to hear that we have some common ground about at least 33 being the first step, Wagme, right? So I, I can appreciate that. Um, moving down, the interest rate, this is one that I think there's very good reason why uh, especially among the middle curvers my, and myself, um, middle curve with this, I think that uh, there wasn't that it was tight, you know, or relatively tight, right? Um, Fifty-five percent of the votes went to three point three percent interest. It was a horse race to the end between that and zero point five. I will defer to Banksy, who describes, and and you guys have talked a little bit um, about the game theoretical differences um, between these two choices. Um, in, sh in very short summary, and I may be missing it, uh, the most 3-3 three, three thing we can do in his, in his way is the 0.5% interest. Um, the 3.3%, uh, uh, if you're a person who's hesitant to utilize these facilities or generally isn't necessarily a borrower, it makes you feel like the protocol is getting some more upside. And since you're not using the facility, um, then perhaps you're sharing in that upside as a, a, a more passive participant. I understand both sides. I, like many, uh, went back and forth. And um, I'm going to be looking carefully at this discussion from the two gentlemen I share the podcast with in the forums um, to see what would be, what's the final combination um, that would make sense there if there is an opportunity to make an adjustment with that um, in the event of a no vote. And we, we kind of cycle through this again. Right. Um, I now I, under, I understand though what you're saying about the looping. That that was a new understanding that came through, and so that if you're if you wanted to go from account to account, you know, use the cooler facility, switch it out for die, send the die to a new account, buy up all, do it over and over up until the premium increases and it no longer makes sense. Um, right. I definitely I'm not endorsing that. like some crazy leverage thing here. Well, I'm just saying that it, yeah, there, there will be products, leverage. right? And we should honestly, we should, there's yeah. there's the the curious George part of me is also like, hey, we have RBS now. We have an upper bound, right? Will that be yeah. effective in in dampering and controlling that, right? Yeah, I mm -hmm. I don't think it's again. I'm indifferent, right? I'm undecided and. Uh, hopefully can become more informed um, mm. on the would you be open mm -hmm. to selling the volatile backing that I really don't like it but again I'm just <laughs> this is this is where we've discussed more subjectively and I've expressed in the forums um, you know I would love us to see a vault by Jones right utilizing ohm and uh, in and originally that was in the sense of um, of a vault for the bonds, right, that we had beta tested and, and has kind of trickled and slowed um, whether or not that's going to continue to move forward. I'm, I'm personally unclear. Um, I hope so. Um, right. So that preference for a vault, because I wanted this middle capacity that has some upside of F, but, you know, I, in the end, if you are a person who has utmost confidence in your ability to allocate correctly to your risk profile, um, I can see why you just want the the 0.5% borrow max and you control your F exposure. I'm a person who isn't necessarily sure that I always make the right decisions in anything in life or even the garden, right? 
So there's a part of me that says, yes, I'm totally sure this is my allocation between stables, the farms I choose, and my stake death. And then there's the part of me that isn't and wants to give up that that risk or that control with the hope that uh, the community I'm surrounded by uh, can make some some decisions um, that are are turn out to be good for me in the long run, right? Mm. Does that make sense? So what if what if the <clears throat> what if the issue was so my issue with the volatile backing is the more I think about it, the more it's difficult for me to see. Well, the more it's difficult for us to go above backing while we have volatile backing. Um, because <laughs> if we have ETH and the price of ETH moves up, then our backing moves up as well, right? So I just, I just, I'm very, I'm slowly becoming more and more skeptical that volatile backing in a cooler world makes a whole lot of sense, right? Like, what is, what are we doing with it? Like, if people can have their own risk exposure, if they just want to not have that and speculate on the price of Ohm or put in an LP pair or whatever they want to do with it, then that's fine. But if they want to take out a loan, then they can. I mean, I suppose the issue comes back to, well, not everyone will be able to, but I don't think everyone wants to either. But would you, Wagme, be open to selling the backing? From volatile to stable. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, look, I, I <laughs> not, think... Not um, die for you, treasuries or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think interesting point that you, you, you raised there. And I think one thing that gets, sort of gets lost in the discussion about, um, you know, volatile versus stable is the risk profile of it. So nobody, nobody sort of immediately thinks about the sort of risk that the protocol is holding by having these these volatile assets and um, at the moment where we're at the least risky end of the spectrum in a way because we we basically have some some naked ETH and um, you know a couple of strategic holdings but if you look at the direction that the the DAO has come in you know I can see a world where you know we're introducing LSDs and um, you know then we're participating in LSD fi and you know suddenly you wake up one day and you go actually the risk profile of this has completely changed and I, I always go back to a podcast that Zeus did with Yala and or Jala and um, and Rogatashi uh, Goodwill Yunting and it was it was only a few months after the protocol launched. It's June, July, 2021. And it's, it's, it's sort of like a stream of consciousness of, um, of Zeus, where he talks about, you know, various elements of the, um, and features of the protocol. And one of the things at the end that comes up is the guys ask him, okay, you know, what else have you got for us? What, what else is, is coming down the pipe? And he sort of starts talking about this concept of, enabling users to access the backing of their own and tailor their own risk profile. Um, and it, it's a really interesting sort of couple minute discussion on this, which uh, has basically culminated, I believe, in, um, in cooler loans today. Uh, and it's very compelling to me. So, so basically, 
you preserve the protocol as a very low risk entity and essentially, um, you know, people minimized in a way. Um, uh, so as autonomous as possible. And then you allow uh, or you add utility to the currency um, by enabling people to access their, um, their look through backing and tailor their risk profile as they see fit. Now, um, say for example, I'm a, a sort of vocal advocate of, um, you know, more volatile backing. Um, I can go and do that and uh, absorb that risk and reward without harming the protocol. But on the flip side, if I engage through the, you know, the forums and the and the DAO and and, and sort of imprint those views onto the protocol, and I'm wrong, then the protocol itself is at risk, and everyone that is a is a holder of the asset. So that that's, I guess that's the that's the frame that I that I come at it from. All right, but what is your position? <laughs> oh, so I oh, yeah, well. Yeah, so roundabout uh, way. Um, I think if cooler is implemented, which it should be now, given the um, sentiment of the community, um, then there'll need to be a revisiting of that 75-25 um, ratio. I still think there is a room for some um, some volatile assets in there, but it will need to be reduced. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, so I want to move to two parts which i think are the most interesting sorry one sec um two parts which i think are the most interesting which are is the purpose of this to get above backing if yes then we need it to be at the highest ltb possible and number two is um what is if, if the purpose is to get people to use ohm as supply sinks and to build things on top of it then the 3.3 rate is just not very well adapted to that outcome so these are my arguments you probably read my post but the for the ltv i think if the choice is that we get above backing so so let's step back a bit it's better for the protocol that we trade above backing even if backing is lower right in my opinion like and this is this is i haven't been you know banging on about this i don't expect you know um people to be like oh mark this is something you've always this is a newly sort of arrived at position that and i'm testing it on this podcast right so i haven't really expressed it <laughs> before but i think it's better for the protocol and holders to have us trade above backing than it is for us to have higher backing so and what that means is the protocol is better served and the holders are better served by us achieving the protocol's objective which is to trade above backing rather than create this asset which is sort of you know becomes more expensive over time and people are sort of speculating by holding it right like absolutely it can it can be like a little bit like five or ten percent seems fine to me but like we're not we're not going to trade above backing <laughs> if um if there's it's going to be hard to trade above backing if there's a big speculative portion of the protocol uh keen to hear your your guys thoughts on that and then we can talk about the sort of um 
the uh, interest rate next. Wagmi, maybe you could start. Yeah, I I agree with that line of thinking. Um, I think you know the extent to which ohm trades above backing is is purely a market phenomena, and I think it will um, it will be determined by the utility and benefit that people see in holding ohm, of which I, th I think that uh, cooler is a is a compelling. Um, uh, is a compelling feature and um, will be a reason that more people choose to do so. Um, but I think ultimately the the value that people will see in Ohm as we go forward over the next few years is that core vision of a, a truly on-chain decentralized currency that is, um, is, you know, has roots throughout DeFi and is, is, a, is a deeply liquid asset. Mm. Mm. Wagme, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I just summed so, it up. But sorry, I meant Stablino. <laughs> Stablino, Stablino. So, so where I, I, I definitely am grasping and getting a better understanding of how all of these pieces are working together on this proposal for, for what's best for the protocol. And in general, I personally want to act as for what's best for the long term of the protocol. Right. Um, you know, I do agree with you, Mark, that. The what's best is for us to trade above backing, right? So I, I definitely am, am coming to terms and and uh, um, better understanding these different aspects of this proposal with that subset in mind. Um, I think many others will have to get over that jump as well when it comes to both the 3.3% versus the 0.05% because that will... Uh, more likely enable us to get above backing. And then also the same thing um, with putting the trust um, into actually going into a full stable because that um, enables us to focus more on utility and what Cooler is delivering. Um, so with that in mind, yes, you know, I, I, I do think these are the right moves. Um, but again, Avera, little bit more smooth brain than the others, right? Probably got lucky sometimes apes because a certain song came across on Spotify, right? Um, as a result, I'll be reactive, right? So whatever the end result is, what makes most sense with the game theory then because this has been settled out and, you know, say it's 0.5% and uh, 3K go, well then surely, you know, I'll be a borrower. And I think we just have to realize that some folks are going to be reactive to this, of course, right? The majority are, um, and some will never take a loan because you know they're they're part of that debt ohm that you know is relative, um, just uh, dust in some of their wallets, right? Same thing with the mm -hmm. stuff sitting in in the migration. So I'll be reactive, um, and what I will say is I'm in a favor of currently voting no, not because I'm against cooler loans by any means, but I think like myself, there are other OMIs who will be able to get a more clear understanding and vote for what's best for the protocol after the additional time that would naturally happen if we vote no and reformulate these options. Does that make sense? To yeah, you? I think, I think most, I think it's pretty, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, there's like a couple of people clicked on the forum that they want to proceed with this, but I don't imagine from what I've seen of the discussion that there's any significant 
sort of faction of voters that are um, 27 wise currently it is 80 20 80 do not approve 20 percent approve and then you know i think we're we're doing a bit here on this podcast to get those ideas and, and concepts generating again i will call yeah. again uh to be kind to one one another it's good to be able to operate in an adversarial environment but at the same time um you know we, we want as many omis as we possibly can right uh, so i appreciate patience from everybody's working through stuff um as we as we try and you know operate on the frontier of decentralized finance right so mm, definitely um all right so maybe we'll start back with you sabrina what about the rate if um if the idea do you think that the one of the primary goals of the protocol is that we need to get people to build on top of us and do you think the rate is going to have a big impact on whether or not people come in and want to build on top of cooler i think it certainly does and i think the piece that i have to remind myself i think we talked about a little bit is that hey you know, okay, sure, DSR went up to 3.45. So 3.3 seems like it could be somewhat competitive for a single iteration right right now. But um, I also believe, like, looking at um, the different inputs on, on CT, um, you know, what, what what's the long-term likelihood of interest rates staying high? Eventually, I think they come back down to zero. I don't think, personally, I don't think that happens very fast, but I do think they eventually do. And so um, the 0.5%, at least at this very moment, makes the most sense to me. Wag me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've, I've sort of expressed why I think that um, there shouldn't even be an interest rate on this. Um, I don't see it as a revenue generating piece of the protocol per se. And I believe in general that there should be um, equal access for this facility. So if people want to be able to access it, then they should be able to, and the, the capacity should be sized accordingly. I don't think, however, though, that that means, um, you know, full capacity or even $69 million will be required. Um, but uh, there should be, people shouldn't be, you know, penalized if they, um, uh, if, if, they're, if they're not taking down the loan and therefore they need to have access to do so. And Wagme, I would, just, do you think... I would shout out, that's oh, a really unique point of view too, because I mean, at least watching the discussion in Discord, right, it took you articulating that, I think a couple times for some folks to really see, okay, this is unique, right? This is it. It, it almost, it's scary, but that takes a little bit of a leap of faith, right? Especially when you're coming from a not as informed perspective. Right. Um, that. Yeah. It, it, I think we're also in the unknown. Specifically, the leap of faith that this cooler, you know, and other utility will result in uh, a premium returning. Because if you're very nihilistic and you don't think a premium will return as a result, and you take the view that it really is is just a, a masqueraded redemption, right? Then, then that's where I think that you start to spiral in that line of thought. Well, why not three point three percent, right? Um, but yeah, I would encourage folks to take that leap of faith once they uh, have gotten all the information they can. Yeah, I sort of feel like at the moment where, uh, you know, everyone's deep down in the weeds of this and sort of 
speculating on what will happen. Um, I, I suspect when the facility is live, um, people will look back in you know a month or two's time and sort of say, oh wow, why were we why were we tying ourselves in knots around that? And I get the reason that I have that perspective is I I feel quite strongly that I think this could be a, a very significant catalyst. Yeah. So I, um, catalyst for what? I th- for building on top of them? Or, <clears throat> I mean, the price going up and that leading to people building on top, like all those type of gather, like, yeah, what basically thoughts on that yeah. mind share. So ba- basically what it comes back down to is putting own back on the agenda for, um, for, the people that are still active within DeFi, and at the moment, I think they look at it um, and they they um, you know they have a negative bias from um, events of the past eighteen months and things that they've heard and you know memes and stuff like that. Um, but if there's utility that is added, very clear utility, which I which is what I see this as, you will get an increasing number of people doing the work on Ohm again and deciding to own it as part of their, um, you know, as part of their more stable um, allocation within their portfolio. So I I think people will be surprised by um, how significant this is. I think the, the only, the sort of counter to that is, well, why are you not seeing sort of more aggressive price action now? Um, there's certainly some movement uh, since uh, in the time since this proposal was re-enlivened, but I think at the moment there is just so much uncertainty around this um, process and the debate about it that people are not really willing to um, to sort of put risk capital to work at the moment. Um, well, it I might think be that months will... out before it launches, also. So I, I can't I, I can't see why it would be months out. And that, that's part of the thing that sort of frustrates me about the um, the whole thing and why I think that there's, you know, less interest right at the minute than there should be is that this is not something that should take months. It is, it is something that has been conceptualized for two years. It was something that was um, brought um, back into the discussion six months ago where the initial code was developed and audited. Um, so I just can't see how this should take more than four to six weeks from here to resolve. Mm-hmm. If it does, I, you know, we're, we're tripping over ourselves. Yes, that's some, some of the criticism I've seen. Um, so I just, so if we're, if we're, uh, how's this for a concept? If we go with the 2,850 rate, say, um what we're doing then is saying to our holders we are going to speculate sort of 25 percent or whatever 15 percent of the price of your money that we have in our treasury on eth because we think eth is going to go up um and i think when you think about it like that it's pretty pretty crazy right like why why should we have that um i think like 10 percent probably makes sense um, as an amount, but I just think that we don't, if we go with 2850 and 3.3%, it's a nice solution to sort of people getting absolutely destroyed in sort of other lending facilities, sort of 
the inverse finance they're charging 10 percent in the moment um frax is like 10 percent. like it's just there's just not very many like there's no place of size that you can get a good rate and this would solve that problem and i think that's that'd be good right that'd be like at least baseline we've solved an issue um but i think there's so much more that can come in this sort of uh, thing and I think 3.3 percent I think so let me just sort of argue against um well let's you guys want to have a say about about that What's type your... of line of thinking and then I'll make my argument against unbanked here we go for a nice <laughs> solid step change good move right like you just said or I believe you know potted kind of talked about on on CT do we go for the gusto Right. Do we really try to make a, a big directional change and lean into to building within our uh, economy? Right. Um, and I'm I will be afraid when I click the buttons, but, you know, I'm I'm for the big move. Ooh. Wag me. Any thoughts? Yeah, I'm glad to hear that because I, I see this as an important um, opportunity to to do this well. And that point that I made at the start around my framework being that this is not a loan product that the that the Dow is putting out there in competition to Fraxland and and um, Inverse and Vendor. This is a native feature of the protocol that enables people to access their backing and tailor their risk profile. And even as you said it before about this concept of sort of, um, you know, 10, 15, 20% ETH in the treasury, um, you know, you look at that and you sort of go, well, there's a whole series of different views which sit behind that as well. So, you know, some people think it should be 100%, some people think it should be zero, some people think it should be, um, you know, frax BTC instead of um, in instead of uh, ETH. Um, so, you know what I mean? It's 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 sort of like if we do sort of have this um, prescribed um, sort of level of volatile versus stable, it's a it's a huge sort of compromise of the um, of the desires of um, the underlying holders anyway. So I I think it makes a lot of sense to effectively decentralize that and push it back onto each of um, the OMIs to determine how they want to tailor the risk profile of the backing of their own. And as a cultural commentary, I think in general in the world, right, folks are, are working through the challenges of taking on more inherent responsibility and not uh, putting it on an institution or a group of folks to, to navigate that for you, right? So... Not to be all woo-woo, but uh, I'm not necessarily surprised that uh, we see this challenge coming in front of OMIs now today as well. Yeah, um, I think in the in sorry, just to just to round out on this, in the long run, I think the 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 sort of value of the um, the the active contributors in the DAO is around ensuring that we have a. Um, an optimized, decentralized, um, and liquid backing that is low risk. So, you know, thinking about the available options for our um, for our backing that um, ensure the core principles of OM, and then on top of that, thinking about um, 
you know, various integrations and partnerships that spread and um, integrate OM into DeFi. I agree with that. Um, so I just want to, so on Banksy's post, we'll just deal with that as we close out um, and we'll come back and talk about this again. We're not <laughs> finished by any means. Um, so on Banksy's post is he's, he's sort of putting borrowers against holders. Um, and he says, well, if borrowers get a low interest rate, then they're taking advantage of holders. But I just don't think that adds up. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, if we have a limited capacity and more people want to use it, like, what what's the issue with taking money out of the frac space pool? Like, why can't we go to 100 million? Like, I just, I don't, until there's products, I don't see this getting very much use. And I think 33 million will be plenty. Like, Temple will come along and they'll take their sort of whole bit <laughs> um, out, like, and a couple of other big big players but i mean there's only 10 10 million ohm being like 10 million ohm borrowing at the moment so i just yeah it's i don't i don't really see that as an issue like as many people can as they want can come and use this facility but they're not taking advantage of other holders because it's their money right like and if we want to game theoretically optimize the other sort of treasury assets then the like i mean you can say they're getting 3.3 or 3.5 or whatever it is percent from the dsr but that's like nothing right like that's your <laughs> you're not you're not really losing anything and you're gaining the 0.5 percent from this other facility so i don't really see that in terms of the upsides of people coming and being like this is a cool asset i want to build on top of this i want to create vaults i want to do stuff with leverage i want to like play around with it like that's just a marketing cost and the marketing cost is being paid by the dow and the holders and they're getting the benefit of um having the potential to trade above backing which is the whole point that we're doing here and i think that's the really the two competing visions are we is the objective to sort of speculate on price with the backing or is it to trade above backing um i think at the 3000 uh, a high ltv we do that but i think the ltv i would like the higher ltv and the lower backing but you know i can live with it but the rate i think is the most important thing because the rate is where we get the mind share um because people mm -hmm. come in and say well what what if what can i build what what else can this do you know like it creates a uniqueness to um to the asset so um yeah that's where that's where i'm kind currently thinking i don't see it i see it as three three the backing people taking loans because people are actually using the um facility and people are being aware of the facility like i mean and then we have our ohm stuck in temple like temple aren't going to sell their ohm right they're just going to keep on doing this year after year that ohm is going nowhere it's locked right and the more people who have their ohm locked up the the greater potential we have for that price to get above backing in my opinion yeah i mean i i agree with i agree with all of that and I think it's a little bit disingenuous as well to sort of focus on this 3.3% rate because um, 
we don't transitory. have our whole treasury. Transitory. Well, <laughs> well, there's that. There's there's that, and I'm not going to speculate on the on the macro outlook, but um, you know this this is a recent phenomena. But the the three point three percent, let's not forget, is currently being earned on sixty five point two million dollars of our treasury, so about a third of the treasury, i.e., it's driving about one percent to home holders each year. So I I agree with you that I think we're we're sort of like um, losing the losing the forest for the trees a bit if we're sort of focusing on the the detriment that is being caused to people that don't use the facility um, because they're they're sort of giving up that. What we should be focused on is how do you add more utility to ohm so that people that are not using cooler um, for whatever reason have other um, options available to them um, where they can deploy their own now it's probably a whole separate podcast in and of itself but what happened to own bonds we had this you know we had this um, sort of huge um, sort of excitement and mind share around it and then people stopped talking about it for four months I haven't seen a, a, a single sort of formal piece of communication on it for at least three months. Yes. So, well, I think they're now waiting to see what happens with cooler. I don't know how much reserve bonds make sense in a cooler world. Well, I mean, you could just do the same thing. I don't, they're the not topic. reserve. They're not. They're not reserve bonds. I'm saying own bonds. Oh, internal bonds. Internal. Yeah, bonds. internal yeah. bonds. Anyway, so I um, I I agree that um, well, on the on the LTV point, like I said, I'm I'm fundamentally neutral, but I think I can absolutely see the the benefits of um, three thousand, and I I don't really see any any drawbacks of it. I don't think it adds any um, any particular risk. Um, I also don't think. Um, in the context of the Treasury team making that proactive move to reduce our protocol owned liquidity, I don't think you end up with some um, adverse um, impact where, um, you know, new holders come in and they basically scoop up this ARB because there isn't actually that much ARB that's available there when you look at the liquidity in the market. Yeah. So well, I think and the, someone's got to do it, right? So. Yeah, but I don't think it's not as if we're we're robbing you know the existing um, protocol owners by setting it at three thousand versus twenty eight fifty for example because I I don't think that there's much liquidity that um, that can basically be um, deployed before we get to three thousand essentially. I did the numbers on um, so Relwin was talking about their estimates of how much ohm is bricked in the um well not really bricked but like figuratively bricked in the rari sort of borrowing pools the olympus yeah. Pool party and the, um the frax one and whatever it was um yeah and then how much they estimate is sort of going to be lost from people who just have forgotten about their own or they just can't be bothered migrating or whatever once the migration is completed and the number they came up with was about 13 mil um which puts the current liquid backing on my calculations at like close to 3200 
Um, so yeah. I think, like, I mean, you know, we can't, like, <laughs> we can't sort of, they'll have to have a sort of uh, a fund to deal with sort of people who, you know, come forward and say, well, I didn't migrate, but here's my own, I want to migrate now. And then they can deal with that through a sort of fund. But like the, um, the, the, this is how Bitcoin became valuable, right? Like through cycles, people forgot they had it or they lost it or whatever. Like if all the Bitcoin that was available in the world was online now, the price would be like far, far lower than it is, right? Like this is sort of, but we're even better than Bitcoin because we're backed, right? So we not, we have all this money, right? to uh back our our token so the longer it goes on the less people will sort of sell through those cycles because they either can't access it or forgotten about it or whatever but then on top of that like there's all this sort of backing that people will never take down a cooler loan against it because they've forgotten they have it right like um so i think I think that's sort of part of the thinking we need to have is sort of, well, actually a lot of this facility isn't going to be accessed um, and it's not sort of to the detriment of a lot of holders because a lot of holders don't even know they have OM or they've forgotten about it or whatever it right. is, right? Like, And, though, and that is not the, the, the primary people that we should be running around trying to, um, you know, solve for. It is the the people that remain um, engaged and contributing to the protocol. Well, people who might sell, right? <laughs> like that's we got to get them not to sell, and then we got to get new people well, exactly. sort of interested in the asset, right? Like that is to get above backing. That's what you need to do, right? So I think people saying this this won't create demand. I think that's a bit fanciful. Of course it will, right? Like if if I can build a and this is my example. If we get Alchemix to come along, they pay 6% interest on their LUSD. They leverage two times OM. They pay 1% a year in the loan cost. And then they're pulling in 6% on the on the pay down. So, you know, you're slowly paying back your OM and you're speculated twice on the increase in any price if there is one, right? Like, that is... That is a cool fucking product, right? <laughs> like, Financial jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> right? And like a lot of people would be interested in that, right? So if we're trading near backing, right? It becomes less attractive the higher you get above backing. But I mean, those that's the type of thing that 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 are people people we want people to to if we trade above backing, then the protocol can work, right? Because we can pay for the DAO, we can increase the backing per an ohm. People are buying into the future of ohm being sort of above backing, and if that's the case, then everyone can win, um, you know, over time. But but at the moment, we're not trading above backing, and um, we're not really like a lot of these things that we're doing are good, but they're not going to get anyone to build on top of ohm because it's just it's just not very attractive. Like there's no, there's no sort of catalyst to do it. Right. Whereas a low rate, high LTV. Well, that's something interesting. Anyway, Stablino, you want to finish this out? What are your closing thoughts? All is transitory in the end guys. Right. 
<laughs> it all is. So just, I, I think it's very awesome that uh, we're a group of folks that are from all over the world that take the time instead of spending it with their 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 IRL friends and family to stare into <laughs> Discord and dream about a asset, a reserve currency that could help serve folks in a more credibly neutral um, way. And I think that's still something very, very powerful when we look against all the other contention that's been happening across the world when it comes to finances and banking. And um, it's going to take some leaps of faith, and I think I'm ready to make one. Um, but it is just that. It's uh, Maybe it's some, some advice around life. Um, not that I'm well-equipped to give it. It's not financial advice. So um, with that, I will just say, if this is your first time hearing of Ohm, um, well, gosh, I hope not, but your first time hearing of Cooler, <laughs> um, and you haven't jumped into the general policy discussion on Discord, uh, please do. There are a number of folks, some more more active than uh than it has been um, that will come in and engage you and they will do it in good faith as they do the majority of the time, right? Um, and jump into these discussions or look up on the forums and try and make a informed decision that's best for you uh, and your family. And because in the end, that's really the best that we can do these days. So with all, mm -hmm. with all my love guys, um, love you always. Yeah. Um, and just to close out, um, you know, no matter what happens with this proposal, like who really cares? It's not the be all and end all. There's the Dow There's working good. on like interesting stuff, it. and right. If yeah. if it got implemented as is, it's still solving. You know, is it a big leap? No, but is it's solving the folks that are sitting paying through the nose on Fraxland? Sure is. Yeah, yeah. I'd much prefer as a holder for my own for for me not to get 3.5 percent in the dsr and actually be serving omis and getting them getting 3.3 percent i don't think there's any misalignment there um at all right so if they're paying the 3.3 percent to me to to the protocol instead of the protocol getting an extra 0.2 percent from the dsr like, there's no need, like, Unbanksy's like, well, we need to realign those people. No, you don't. Like, that, that is, holders are happy to serve omis at, at that margin, right? But I think... And, it, and guess guess what? They're actually serving themselves as well because the, the last thing that a passive omi wants is someone getting liquidated uh, and, and a whole bunch of yeah. ohm moving into... Um, yeah, exactly not aligned hands that just dumps it. Mm. So no doubt. You, you, you do, I think you do want to look after the people that are high conviction, um, long-term holders. Mm. Um, and with that, Omis, we will uh, see you again soon. Hopefully it's busy times for us all. Um, but um, we're, 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 as, as the green shoots of Erm grow, so will the Offsiders podcast. Catch you next week. <laughs> Hopefully. See you all. See ya.